This is CliffCentral.com. These are pretty uncertain times, and anybody who's been in the stock market in the last couple of weeks will be either in the depths of frustration or trying to find a way to buy at the bottom of the market so that they can make some kind of huge return when things go back to, in inverted commas, normal in a few weeks' time. If you are smart, you, um, you've done what people have, have through the ages done to protect their, their, their assets, to protect their value in the market, and that is by diversifying. However, these days, uh, diversification has become a bit of a swear word among traditionalists, and people who are in much more open-minded positions in terms of money have started to look at places that were regarded previously as safe havens, but today are conventionally part of the market, and I think a lot of a lot of people are starting to take them very seriously. One has been around for thousands of years, and the other one has only been around for a few. But they're actually interesting bedfellows at the moment. So today I decided it was a good idea to bring in Marius from Luno, who we've spoken to a number of times before about cryptocurrency in the current climate. And I decided we'd bring in Dane, who's from Troy Gold, who's also no stranger to cliffcentral.com. And the two of you, ironically, I mean, people always said that the one is old school and the other one is very new. The two of you actually find yourselves agreeing and coming at this from pretty much the same side, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Marius. Think, I think we're obviously in, in, in very uncertain times, a lot of fear in the market currently. Um, we can talk about Bitcoin's performance relative to gold over the past couple of years and in these trying times. Um, but I think, yes, I think one, one important thing and one thing that, 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 that we see will emerge from this is a change in mindset. So, so, so we think that, um, this, this financial crisis will open people's minds and, and opinions on alternative ways of using money and thinking about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that to us actually is, is the most important year. We live in the year 2020 where, um, where we still think about money in terms of borders and, 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 and in, in terms of silos, right? Uh, we, where sending a payment, uh, whether it's local, international, is really just transmitting information from one well, that's right. To, and, to the and, other. and correct me if I'm wrong, Dane, but basically, if I want to pay for something in gold or I want to pay for something in Bitcoin or I want to pay for it in rands, I should be able to do all three easily. Absolutely. I think so. We actually come from the school of thought where we think gold is money. And I think with Morris uh, and Luno, we definitely have the same macro views. We think that uh, the current crisis that you're seeing now is effectively, you know, bank credit inflation and the fiat currency system uh, breaking down. It, it, it is inefficient um, and there are better tools for the job. So um, when it comes to to money, we always like to think of, you know, its, its origins or its roots. Um, and it always comes from the free market. There's a economist called Ludwig von Mises that said money can't originate uh, from, you know, government decree or a social contract. It has to originate out of the free market. And I think um, what we are saying is that you know, gold has had that 6,000-year track record of being like the most money-like commodity. And people use it as the indirect medium of exchange. You know, that's how we get past barter. We can't have industrialization if we're, if we're bartering shoes and eggs and, you know, yeah. houses. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so I think what, 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 where we're, where we're standing is that with Luna and the guys, you know, uh, the market is trying to find a superior money. And uh, mm. um, it's the perfect time to have this discussion. Well, let me ask you something, because in 2008, we obviously had the financial crisis and everybody said, oh, this will be the last one. And, and maybe it's a fault of capitalism and the free market. And let's try to find alternative ways. And, and shortly after that, you know, cryptocurrencies really became something that people were talking about. Now it's fairly mainstream 
as a part of the discussion. And it's not being ridiculed like it was five years ago by people who thought they knew better. And gold, while it's got this reputation for being extremely stable, you know, you've got consistent growth over hundreds rather than just, you know, single digit years. Um, gold has also been regarded now as, as an alternate way to understand asset value, to understand an ability to use it for, for payments. That's certainly what Troy Gold does. So how much have we learned? And when a crisis like this hits, how much of it actually applies? Because we all keep talking about how unpredictable it is. But what's the point of economists if they can't, if they can't predict stuff like this? <laughs> yeah, so uh, since Bitcoin was launched, I think in 2008, 2009, uh, it has largely acted as an uncorrelated asset to other to other financial assets, right? Mm. Um, but over the past couple of weeks, uh, we we actually saw that correlation uh, specifically to the S&P 500 r- uh, rise, right? So so we saw a, a low to high level of correlation over the past couple of weeks. Um, we we actually actually think that that's just, that's just a temporary state. We, we think that. Um, uh, because of the crisis and, and all the panic, everyone sold. Everyone liquidated their positions. They had to cover losses. They have to pay. Uh, they have to continue like eating and, and paying for school fees and all of that, right? So, so um, we, we actually think um, in the next couple of weeks or months that uh, Bitcoin should move back to the to the uncorrelated position that it had previously. And and interesting, if you compare it to gold, also um, the gold price. I think it was the end of February, right? Mm-hmm. With, with the gold price dropped by twenty or so percent, and since then, again, made a steady recovery. The Bitcoin price, also, if you look at the Bitcoin price in comparison to gold, um, uh, over the past two weeks, dropped by by thirty, thirty five, forty percent. Well, let, but, let's actually stop there and yeah. give everybody because not everyone's paying attention to it the way that you two are. Yeah. Um, give me a, a, a reasonably <laughs> simplified idea of what's happened to the Bitcoin price over the last two or three months and what's happened to gold. So you go first, Marius. Um, Bitcoin price over the past two weeks dropped by 35 to 40%. It's already recovering again. So the current price is trading just over 100, 105,000 rand. Um, but if you look at it in comparison to international markets, for example, the, the DAX and the, the FTSE 100, you will see those um, those markets trade at seven or eight-year lows, respectively. Mm. Bitcoin, year-on-year comparison, last year, 2019 March to this year, is up by 60, 60% of, over the past 12 sure. months, regardless of, of all the panic. So, so, so that has been Bitcoin's sort of price ride over the past couple of weeks. And, oh. and gold, how's gold been doing? Because we always see that straight, steady trajectory up, but has that been affected? Absolutely. So gold, gold is, is the monetary metal. It's, it effectively holds its purchasing power over medium to long term. Um, and what we've seen in the past five years, it was trading in a band of about, you know, 1,350 USD to, uh, or 1,250 to 1,450. Um, and that's, and that's actually, um, changed around about quietly around December 2015, uh, mm-hmm. where you saw a bull market in gold start out. So <clears throat> it's risen, uh, I think if you, if you look at, uh, well, we, we touched 1700 a few weeks back. Um, it's now around 1500, obviously on the shock. I think it's the only asset that, uh, you know, if you, if you talk about in comparison to risk assets and equities, where equity markets have dropped 30% and 35%, uh, locally and the gold has gone up 5% in rand terms. It's come back down, uh, only a mere 10% in USD, but that's, very much because it's because it's such a liquid asset, um, and in the in the in the equity space and in the financial asset space, guys are 
needing to sell assets to cover margins. Right. So it's really, it's really effectively proven its metal, if I can call it that, as, uh, sure. as, uh, as the uncorrelated sort of safe haven store of value. What we, um, in, but yeah, in, in, in terms of price, uh, it has a lot less volatility than your, you know, your Bitcoin. But there's an interesting misnomer, actually, is that the, the gold price that we see uh, in the media is uh, the paper gold price. It's a synthetic gold price that uh, relates to unallocated gold ounces. So it doesn't, it's not actually – we keep thinking it's sort of you know, an OTC market where guys are moving physical gold back and forth, but it's not. And, and you see it today um, in physical gold markets. There's a mass shortage of coins and bullion bars in the world. I mean, the, the U.S. mints run out of American Eagles the last week. Sure. Uh, so it shows you it's, – it's, it's almost like the toilet paper analogy happening here. There's a, there's a paper gold price and everything, and there's a shortage in the physical market. So fundamentally – you know, we don't like to talk about uh, the price of gold because what you see in the media isn't necessarily um, the physical metal, which is mm-hmm. the ultimate insurance and safe haven asset. So that's where we come in. Um, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's it's done its job. It's, uh, it's done its job. Well, I'm going to bring in Arthur Goldstuck, who we refer to um, as as our own Nostradamus. I um, mean, uh, Arthur, what's happened in the last little while couldn't have been. It would have been unfair and un- unreasonable for anyone to assume that this stuff could have been predictable. Coronavirus panic and and some of it justified has has swamped everything, including the markets. How do you think it's going to change behavior with respect to money? Firstly, when it comes to cash, we're going to change our view completely on how we handle cash. And I think this is going to be a catalyst for our society as a whole moving towards cashless means. We already had an announcement from uh, Bolt Uber's big competitor in South Africa, encouraging people to stop using uh, cash and to move to uh, cashless uh, payment options on their app. Now, Bolt had prided itself on opening up ride-sharing to people who didn't have credit cards and the like. So for them to make that move is a fundamental shift. And uh, when you look at countries in Africa where uh, cash is vanishing um, and being replaced by mobile money, particularly in Zimbabwe and in East Africa, we can see that beginning to take hold. And the result of that is that mobile money is going to become a fairly standard form of transacting in South Africa. I think that's such a valid point to make because not only is it good from a point of view of of a society that's safer when there isn't actual cash money being moved around, but it's also um, more convenient for everybody, and people are remarkably quick at developing the ability to understand electronic money. Do you feel that that's also happening in the world of cryptocurrency? Do you think that people understand um, perhaps how to do things like uh, what, what Dane has got going with his app where you can actually use gold in certain instances to pay directly? Do you think that'll take longer? That'll take a lot longer. The reason for that is that uh, cryptocurrency and even gold right now um, is so volatile that it's not really a viable means of transacting for normal everyday transactions. And it's also more complicated than any transaction involving cash, whether that's digital or physical cash. You need to be fairly tech savvy to be able to use cryptocurrency. I know the evangelists will argue otherwise. They'll say it's easy, it's just an app, etc. But uh, the the early um, evangelists for the idea of cryptocurrency becoming a replacement for cash across Africa and a life for financial inclusion across Africa was pretty much a pipe dream. 
Um, it was always based on what they would like to see happen rather than the way people actually operate. And what, there's, there's a few fundamental issues. One is that there's low access to acceptable quality uh, bandwidth and data across Africa. Mm-hmm. So you always care that your transaction is going to fail halfway through. The second is that the average person across the continent is fearful that the moment their money goes digital in that kind of format, that it then becomes visible as well to government. And government may well introduce regulations that force it to be visible. And the moment their cash is visible, it also means, and this is the fear, it also means government can tap into that cash, take it away from them, in other words. So those who who do understand it, who are tech-savvy in countries like uh, Nigeria, uh, for example, are highly mistrustful of uh, government and of the digital environment in terms of keeping their uh, money safe. Having said that, um, I must must hasten to add that I've spoken to a lot of the cryptocurrency uh, thought leaders, the guys uh, from Luno, from Monero, about uh, this particular issue. And everyone agrees that it's probably going to take a decade before cryptocurrency becomes a viable alternative to um, what they call fiat currency, uh, regular currency, in terms of transacting, not in terms of investment or speculation and the like, but in terms of everyday transactions, we're probably still a decade away. You want to respond to that, Dane? Yeah, I think it's it's he actually um, Arthur's actually made a very important distinction. He talked about currency and cryptocurrency and uh, money, and I think one has to understand that money um, is not currency. Money mm. money has it has to be a store of value, means it has to effectively transport economic value over time, and then it has to be a medium of exchange. So currency comes with the word, French word current, you know, it has to keep moving to have value. So when you're talking about cash and currencies that we're experiencing in the world today, we've got fiat currencies and cryptocurrencies, and they use different payment networks, you know, the blockchain and, and um, what, you know, the Bitcoin network, like Marius said, you can transmit this like a digital message across the world, which is fantastic and far superior than anything that the banking system, uh, the, the incumbent banking system currently has or the rails um, but that's in the space of currencies um, and you know what we're seeing in the in the last four decades since the world's gone, gone off the gold standard is effectively uh, he, who ha- he who manages the currency supply effectively um, can dictate the purchasing power of people's savings and that's where the store of value issue comes in so you know you mentioned that we're obviously with our technology we're giving digital rails to Gold, which is, you know, a store of value and a medium of exchange, um, which is exactly what we're trying to do. But it is important to note that the world and the markets, uh, you know, uh, Arthur mentioned Africa, is trying to find something better and something superior to fiat currency. Uh, and, we, and you know, obviously, uh, and that's why, you know, it, it's an exciting space. And the first time ever. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to pose it. something to all three of you um, because a lot of people are concerned that, that value itself has been wiped away in the last little while. People's pensions and savings, and then we see, as, as Arthur's already indicated, that people are nervous about governments getting a hold of that money that they've spent their life saving, that they've invested perhaps in the stock market, which would have been disastrous in the last couple of weeks, but may recover, and may recover well. Um, we've seen that happen before. But people are increasingly nervous about 
who has access to their money and where they should put it that it will retain the most value. And from that point of view, I suppose cryptocurrencies and gold both have interesting stories to tell. And maybe they're a little bit they're a little bit more um, in they're a little bit more contrived now than than what we've come to understand about ordinary cash money or stock market money or any of that stuff. But maybe they're a safer haven after all. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good uh, good question. I think maybe just just back on Arthur's earlier comment around Africa or emerging markets, uh, for that matter, we 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 think that that uh, that adoption, so so the usage of cryptocurrency as a store of value uh, and as a store and as a means of transfer, mm-hmm. will likely happen from a ground uh, from a grassroots level. So people will start using it. And we did research recently um, that showed that that people in emerging markets. Uh, tend to care more about money, where money isn't just a nice to have, where they actually depend yeah. on it for the for the for the uh, for their livelihoods, and they tend to spend more time understanding it, and they tend to spend more time preserving, and also tend to be a bit more creative. So if they see value in 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 holding Bitcoin or holding gold as a store of value, and if it's better than the current system, or if they see it as a, as a better alternative to transferring value from from person to person or from or from person to another country, then they will start using that and they will and they will likely see value in using that. And and we acknowledge that yes, it will likely be a ten to twenty, even thirty year process in which we see this sure. play out. Well well, you talk about value in, in cryptocurrencies and people accepting that. Um, there's, you know, you know um, I guess fr- from our perspective, what we're saying is that uh, it's called a cryptocurrency, not crypto money. And the reason, and the reason for that is there's no inherent value behind it. You know, money has certain has certain properties. It's you know, it has to be divisible and portable, and therefore there's that scarcity element. So yeah. what Bitcoin's engineered is definitely the scarcity element because. Mm-hmm. Anything's better than uh, the printing presses of the government's effectively. Right. And we know exactly how many Bitcoin there will be yeah, forevermore. 21 million if yeah. uh, maxed out. Million, no. um, so de- there's definitely a utility or a value aspect there. However, um, you know, what we've, what we, when we look at economic history, there's another property of money that's really important, and that is demand. Uh, and that it usually has to have a standalone demand in the market. That's why it's normally, um, you know, that's why it's normally commodities that have money-like properties. So, there's something that um, on its own has demand and the community or the civilization, they try different things and they realize, okay, well, this commodity has value, inherent value in its demand in the market, mm-hmm. and we're going to use it as money. Um, and that's why it's, you know, Bitcoin is in a very nascent space. But at the moment, we're from the, you know, we're from the position that we're saying it. It, it functions far better as a medium of exchange and current fiat currencies, right. but it's not a store of value. It's a cryptocurrency. Whether it moves towards crypto money right. will be determined if you can, if you can find, uh, an ultimate store of value. And currently, with a 6,000 year track record, civilizations all over the world <laughs> have chosen, um, gold yeah. and silver. And that's because, I mean, I mean, we can go into the science of it, but it, it is purely the science of it, the elemental science of it that gives it that store of value. So you do have this, this exciting convergence of, you know, gold backed cryptocurrencies coming into play, etc. It is the market's forces trying to find superior money to fiat. Right. And rightfully so. You, you mentioned sort of people getting scared of, 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 you know, uh, who sees their money. Arthur mentioned, yeah. you know, government seeing the, uh, you know, government's not seeing their money. And that's because, you know, the only option we've had is effectively like Eskom Power. You know, if you had the option of other private monies, which we've had a few hundred years ago in open banking. Comparison. Um, yeah. you, you know, if you had a choice between, uh, private electricity p- producers and you had Eskom, 
the chances are you're going to use private producers. Well, and whoever's going to give it to you cheaper and more cheaper. reliably. And, and competition's and, important. And what we currently have is ESCO money. And yeah. as a result, who has the monopoly on the printing press? The government. The producer of it, which is the government. And rightfully so. That's why people are scared because we're mm-hmm. used to inflation. We've seen yeah. this inflation and the pernicious confiscation of wealth, you know, over and over, you know, effectively every second of every day. And people are looking for alternatives. If we've got phones moving from, you know, walkie talkies to smartphones, we want the same kind of technological mm-hmm. advancement in money. It's, Arthur, what, what do you think is required in terms of, t- of critical mass to get us to a point where we can suitably use these alternatives, not just as stores of value, but also as currencies? There's one big question that uh, I'd like your other guests to perhaps address because it's, it's not one that I have expertise in explaining. Just the statistics around it are what uh, concern me, and that is the whole question of scale. And uh, blockchain, which underpins um, Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency for that matter, uh, is not very efficient when you start scaling up. So the the numbers that uh, we look at, for example, is credit card transactions uh, from just Visa alone come to about 150 million per day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's like um, between one and a half and 2,000 per second. And uh, blockchain simply cannot manage that uh, level of transactions. I think the, uh, the Bitcoin uh, transactions per day is something like uh, between three and 400,000, um, which is a tiny fraction of what happens via credit cards. And that 350 to 400,000 has a significant delay as a result of the time taken for the distributed ledger to reconcile itself. So how does how does cryptocurrency overcome that uh, limitation, Marius? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I think if we take a step back, we, as I said earlier, we we see this play out over the next couple of decades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, currently, we see this. We see ourselves in in the in the asset phase where people buy cryptocurrency um, because they want to speculate. They, they take a bet um, in in the future. They think crypto will play an important role 10, 20 years down the line, uh, or they trade it for that matter. Um, and, and, and so, and so what's important here actually is, is that during this asset phase, we are working on cryptocurrency as a payment system at the same time. So yes, it's not easy. Right. Um, yes, we have scalability issues. It's not on the same scale as Visa or MasterCard for that matter. Yes, it's not that cheap sometimes, especially when there's network congestion. Um, but, um, what is important here is that, um, the, the, the people, consumers joining the cryptocurrency network, whether it's through, uh, whether it's through speculation or whether it's through, through trading, um, each person, uh, opening a Luna account or each person activating a, a, a cryptocurrency wallet or a, pu- a public address, um, uh, is, is a vote of confidence into the system. And, and, and we are constantly working on the payment side. You have new developments like the Lightning Network, which will significantly speed up transactions and, and bring drive costs down to, to basically zero. Um, just, uh, an example, um, a, a couple of years ago, we spoke to an online, uh, online uh, publication, um, a news publication that had a paywall there and we said, listen, let's build something for you so that, um, so that readers can just tap on that Luna, on that Luna icon and they go straight through the paywall without entering their card details. Um, and they said, listen, um, how many customers do you have? We said, we have got 30,000 customers. And, and at the time it was three, four years ago. They said, okay, well, maybe it's not going to work because you don't have that network effects at this stage.
spreadsheet, right? Yeah. Um, now, a couple of years later, we come back, we have almost 4 million clients, and, and maybe things like that will start making making a little bit more sense, right? So, right. So, so, so long story short, I think, yes, there are loads of pain points, but the, the advances we've made over the past couple of years already, look, things like SegWit, uh, things like uh, the Lightning Network, which are all technical terms and technical things um, will will enable us to scale the, to scale the network in years to come I think yeah. so Arthur if I go back yeah. to the question that I that I asked yeah. um, the other guys earlier what do you what do you make of the best place to put your money as as not a, an economist but as someone who looks at the future I mean if you wanted to preserve value that you've accumulated during your life where are you going to put it I think right now at this moment in history um, I think the stock market is a fantastic place to put money for the long term okay. because uh, share prices have um, plunged not as not as far down as they had in the, in the during the global financial crisis. I must add, but uh, my suspicion is they'll come down a bit further. I'm not giving financial advice. So no, no, of course, no, 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 sure. That, that's a proviso uh, that's for the whole discussion this morning. It's really yeah. it, this is just a, a philosophical discussion around money yeah. and value. Yeah. yeah. So the rule number one is don't be doff. <laughs> uh, don't, don't follow the herd. Yeah. And. If you look at what the herd is doing, they're all uh, getting out of shares um, in, a, in a dramatic way. And a lot depends on how long the crisis uh, will last. But I think people will suddenly realize that the underlying value of a lot of these uh, shares is being utterly ignored in this fiasco. So I definitely think if one understands the companies you're investing in and you understand the underlying value of those companies, there's massive value to be had uh, right now. I do you think Bitcoin is probably a good area to go uh, into as well? I think um, given the uh, trend lines of, of the uh, last year or so, it does seem like um, it's got a lot of upward momentum. But we've also seen that um, it can go down quite far. And in the space of days, we've seen it uh, go from uh, 10,000 to under 5,000 and back above 6,000. That's inc- incredible volatility. And that tells us that if you are going to invest in these areas and Bitcoin and the share market alike, um, it has to be money that you can afford to lose or that you can afford to see um, uh, diminish uh, dramatically and that you can hold um, that you can hold on to for the long term until it comes back again if it does crash further. Right. So that's that's really the bottom line. Um, oh. You've. Uh, You've got to have the money to burn. I won't say in this context cash to burn, <laughs> but no. you've got to have the money to burn. You've got to have this. It's got to be money you can afford to um, lose or not have to access for uh, the near future. And it's got to be an investment that you can make for the long term. In the long term, is uh, no question the stock market will come back and go a lot further. All right. Arthur, thank you very much. Uh, final word from you, Dane. We, oh, I just, you know, we, we talked about where you place your money or where you uh, invest your money. And, uh, I think I'm just going to hop on the distinction thing again is that there's, there's, there worlds apart between money and investment. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Warren Buffett will tell you investment is you're placing your principal amount at risk and you need to get a return on that risk. Where money is where you store your savings. Um, mm-hmm. and it is the risk. It has to be in a riskless asset. Um, so you can't take risk with that. So it, we, you know, we are all as humans, we're all, we're effectively all con, we consume, um, we produce and we have something, we have surplus over, uh, then we defer that into savings. And so 
What we do with that savings um, is determined on our risk profile. So when you invest into a stock market, for example, um, or to or speculate with a uh, in an altcoin, it's a very different. Uh, Objective with a very different tool. So, you know, where you place your money, well, if you, when you keep your savings and you try to maintain the purchasing power, then you got to get it in, in a money, in an ultimate money, like, like a gold. Um, if you're trying to invest or speculate into, into, you know, into, uh, cryptos or, or, or shares, that's, that's, that's a, that's a very different world. And so we try not to bundle it all into asset classes all in the same. But interestingly enough, gold, um, Old Mutual did a study since 1925 when they looked at asset class returns in South Africa. So this is proper long term. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, um, gold, um, in RAND terms has Performed on an average basis of 13.7% per annum, um, which is astonishing for an asset that doesn't have a yield. Um, so it's, it's effectively better just than the stock market. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's actually only been it's beaten. It, you know, it, it, it's it's beaten um, listed real estate. It's you know the stock market's done about 14% per annum in that time. So it's well, uh, not in the last five years. But not yes, in the last I, five I years. I hear but, you. Na- but now when you know Arthur talks about uh, the stock market coming down, it, it's it's down 30, 35%, and that's principle that you're losing. Yeah. So so, um, I mean, that's 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 sort of uh, yeah, that, that's that's quite something. Dra- that's it's something drastic, drastic term, yeah. but it's an investment. It's a yeah. different world. A final word from you, Maurice. Gareth, I think if there's one thing that we learned uh, from the past couple of weeks is that uh, the price isn't guaranteed to only go up, right? It, it will come down. <laughs> so, so and and just one thing also is that a, a cryptocurrency is a high risk uh, category, right? So, sure. so, so after you've Put money away for your retirement, and after you've paid your expenses, you have something left. Then I would say yes, sure. buy Bitcoin. And, Just out of interest, uh, do you have some gold, and and do you have some cryptocurrency? Dane, do you have crypto? Uh, I used to have Bitcoin uh, when I first, uh, the, you know, the grand, uh, the godfather of crypto, when I first started to un- trying to understand it because I, I like the technology. Yeah. Um, it's uh, when, when I when I realized people are using it as a speculative asset because they're trying to overcome inflation. Yeah. Uh, then then I jumped out. Uh, you uh, sold out. Did you um, sell out at a profit? Jeez, I don't think. That's a good question. It's, it's, it's quite, it's quite a way back. Uh, so at the moment I'm not in Bitcoin, okay. but, uh, so you were Morris, so far back that you didn't even capitalize on the big 2017. No, it was, uh, I think, it, I think it was definitely after that, but, uh, uh I think, you know, uh, Morris and I are going to have a chat around convincing each other, uh, okay. to get back into Bitcoin. And Morris, do you have some gold? Yes, I have. Um, I, I see a lot of value in gold as a long-term store of, store of value. So, so, um, I have some gold. I've, some crypto, I have to, you have to diversify, right? Yeah, um, sure. Some shares, uh, keep money in cash. So you need to diversify, right? Uh, well, well, now, I, now I have to get. Into yeah, I've, I've got <laughs> both. Of, I've got both of your apps on my um, on my home screen, and I'm checking them all the time. Some days it's really great. Some days it's absolutely devastating. But thank you both for spending some time, and Arthur, thank you very much too. That is a, a little glimpse of what everyone's thinking in the world of, of value, in the world of assets, in the world of money at the moment, because everybody's looking for guidance on all of this stuff. And I thought I'd get our experts together to help persuade you what the right way to do this is. This is CliffCentral.com.